episode we shall preview UFC 288, that's UFC 288, Sterling versus Cejudo for the UFC Bantamweight Championship of the World. Uh, this podcast as always is sponsored by Hatton James Legal, that's hattonjameslegal.co.uk for all your employment law needs and sponsored by Overst Events, that's overstevents.com, your event just easier. And last but not least, this podcast would not be possible without our friends uh, from uh, SRB Media. That's srbmedia.co.uk. Head over to there for all your uh, array of podcasts, football, music, and other uh, other genres as well. So, right. So, to contact the the podcast, you can email the show. We have got a, I think, one or two fun questions this month, which is which is good. Is the MMA show seven? the MMA show number seven at gmail.com follow us on Twitter the MMA shower and uh, Facebook pages let's talk MMA and we'll uh, we'll have a bit of news around the MMA UFC world as well okay so that's all the introductions done and um, I'm now going to introduce my co-host and it's uh, Matt Penny from purely MMA hello Matt how are you Afternoon, all good, all good. Another another good show coming up, and uh, at time of recording, this is next weekend, so it should be a really good show. It's uh, a little bit top heavy for the top of the main card, but I, I suppose that's kind of the way that most pay per view cards go anyway. So, so yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, so yeah, you mentioned um, the card being top heavy. It's, it had to be reshaped in the last um, sort of couple of weeks as we as we record, like you say a week before the actual event and uh, I was looking forward to Oliveira and uh, Darush but uh, unfortunately that got cancelled I think that's been bumped to the next one or the one after yeah yeah UFC 29 I think yeah 289 so uh, but I was I was looking forward to that but uh, he can't seem to get a break can he Darush no <laughs> but I know he had a fight in was it October something like that last year hmm. but before that it was like a year and a half wasn't it so he tends to get, like have these big breaks and he can't really put together a, a decent run he always has always has you know these challenges thrown in front of him yeah and, and Darius is one of those guys that's um, what I would call what I would call uh, like a traditional martial artist and uh, what I mean by that is that Certain fighters, they they come into this and and they still treat it as a martial arts pursuit. And he he said, I think in his last fight or the fight before, I think when he beat Ferguson, maybe the one before, he said that uh, he's not going to beg, he's not going to call out someone. His record speaks for himself. I think he's nine and zero in the last sort of ten fights. He's, he hasn't lost a fight for he's nine in a row. And um, and some people say he's he's been overlooked because of that. Yeah, it's. I think we talk about it occasionally on these predictions. You know, the UFC. It is kind of fifty percent martial arts competition and fifty percent entertainment. And it is the guys who have a good character. They tend to get pushed a little bit quicker um, and more often. Uh, and Darius is, you know, he's loyal to that and says, "Well, I'm not going to, you know, become somebody I'm not and do something stupid to grab attention. I'm just going to be me and 
keep winning and eventually I'll get noticed and I'm sure he will. But uh, yeah, he certainly he certainly has a lot of challenges thrown in front of him. Yeah, and uh, I think the other most recent fighter I can put in that category was uh, Leon Edwards. I think he went 9-0, 10-0. Then he beat Nate Diaz and got the title shot as well. Yeah, it just takes a, a standout fight. You know, and you thought the Tony Ferguson one would have been a good one, but then he was out for a year and a half. So, mm. yeah, it's, it's, it's an odd one, but hopefully we'll get to see that fight against Oliveira. I'm not, I don't think this is official, but I, in, from my perspective, from my point of view, I, I think Darius and Oliveira is the number one contender for fighting, um, you know, for the title. Yeah, it should be. It should be. I've not heard anything official. That's just me assuming. Yeah. Well, they they never put a, they never do it officially for a number one contender, do they? Um, well, I think they have. We'll talk about that in a minute. Oh, true. But it's like you, you know what Dana you know what Dana's like. Um, how how certainty can you take his word? Um, that, that's a Are you calling Dana a liar again? You keep saying that. I don't just don't believe you. Absolutely not. <laughs> just just. Some things he say don't come true, you know. <laughs> okay. Um, kind of links on to a, a, a links on to a topic that I'm going to mention later on to do with London. So. Okay, cool. Uh, that's good. Uh, yeah. So U- UFC 289. We're, we're talking about that. We're not actually talking about 288, but we will get to that. And the headline for that is Amanda Nunes and Ju- Juliana Pena. So, uh, and that's fight number three for them. Yeah. So one and one. So this is the uh, the rubber match, as they say. Yeah, and I, I, I never have, I, I never want to disrespect any fighters really. Um, but I, that as a main event, I just don't see it personally. Um, I think that's going to be quite a. I think he needs to put some some real top fights in that that main card to really pull in the casual viewers. I don't mm. think that's going to be a massive um, draw for people. It's going to be more of a you know, more of a concrete fan kind of thing, more of a passionate fan kind of thing, more than the casuals that that's going to come in and usually watch the big the big cards, you know? Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, move on to actually talking about UFC 288. Um, so before we get on to the... We're going to preview the co-main and the main events, but I've noticed that Cron Gracie is on on the card as well. Any, any thoughts on, obviously, being a Gracie and... Uh, Hicks and Gracie's son. Any thoughts on that? Or? Yeah, there's a couple. There's a couple of like really underrated guys on that main card. Cron Gracie and obviously Bryce Mitchell also fighting both at featherweight. Um, I think the Bryce Mitchell fight has been cancelled as well, according to what I'm reading. Yeah. Oh, has it? I oh. think yeah. Jonathan Pierce he was going to fight, and he says cancelled next to it. Ah, brilliant. Okay. Which is unfortunate. Yeah. Oh, never mind about that then. Um, yeah, Cron Gracie. Uh, I was really looking forward to like his fights when he joined the UFC years ago I'm not sure what happened did he go off he, he had a couple of fights in Bellator recently and then back to the UFC yeah okay okay so he, he won against oh, like years ago he won against a guy who was like 10 and 10 or something like that and then lost to Cub Swanson um, hmm. and obviously yeah you, you know you know what you're going to get from the Gracies, so it's uh, it's nice to see a, a young. Well, he's not even young anymore, is he? No, uh, but it's good to see a, yeah. a different name, more recent. Yeah, yeah, more recent name in the lineage. Mm. Fighting in the UFC is supposed to be the biggest mixed martial arts company in the world. So, yeah, I think it's always interesting when you have that 
family name in the uh, in the in the cage. But uh, yeah, moving on to the the co-main event. So um, as we mentioned at the top of the, the show, that so it's Bilal Mohammed versus Gilbert Burns. Now Gilbert Burns fought uh, what a month ago, six weeks ago, um, in UFC two eighty seven Miami. So yeah, that, that was like three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. So by the time this comes around, literally going to be four, four to five weeks. So. He didn't take a lot of damage in uh, in the Masvidal fight, so that's that's a big plus. He obviously went through training camp and cut weight. So whether he knew he was he had an inkling he was going to have a fight, he didn't probably put on too much weight. So this time round, a weight cut shouldn't be that tough. Um, the only sort of um, factor I can think of that may be a, a negative in his from his perspective or in his corner will be he probably hasn't had a lot of time to to sort of fight or to a fight strategy for Belal Mohammed. but Belal Mohammed is not very complicated or an expert in one thing he's he's very good obviously but he doesn't strike me as you need a particular fight strategy to uh, to fight against him um, so just give us your thoughts on the first of all the fighting styles of each fighter and and then we'll go on to the predictions after I give him my input as well. And not to forget, Gilbert Burns also fought in January as well. So, you know, he's coming off... Yeah, indeed. Three, three fights in four months this year. Mm. Um, I, I think you can't underestimate how much of an effect a short-notice fight has. Um, he's definitely... He's, he's not fighting somebody who's, you know, unranked and doesn't show much threat. I mean, this is a guy who's sort of top of the division... Um, so obviously there's going to be concern for how fresh he's going to be but obviously you know we, we, we've done it recently haven't we? we literally a couple of weeks ago talked about Burns we know how well rounded he is and how much of how lethal he can be sort of all, all over um, probably the best guy that Belawa has fought as well um, if, if he can get the win here I mean to stop Belawa what, what's he on now a 9-10 win streak something like that is he on Got something something like that yeah yeah, something crazy like that. Um, obviously, ignoring the no contest with Leon Edwards. Um, I mean, you can't really underestimate how a win against him is going to is going to boost you up. Mm. And a title shot has got to be coming later on this year if you get to if you if you have to stop him. But I think Palau is, is kind of heading into the direction of Leon Edwards, where he's racking up all these wins against you know not nobodies, you know decent names, uh, but isn't getting that title shot now. As I mentioned earlier, people tend to get it more entertaining than, than he is or, or, or whatever. We don't know how Dana thinks, but yeah, he's, he's heading in that direction. But he's, he's kind of underrated and not being sort of given the, the, due, you know, the due rewards that he deserves. Yeah, and, and you mentioned it earlier about uh, number one contender. And as much as this can be official, the um, this fight is a number one contender for the winner of Edwards versus Covington which we're not sure when that's going to happen that's written uh, all over it yeah written all over it no, and, this has to be number yeah and Dana has said it so you can take that with a pinch of salt but he's officially said it in a press conference that this is the number one fight for uh, for that uh, welterweight title once the the two guys are fought um so that, that's why maybe Gilbert Burns thought well you know he can't miss up an opportunity like this and It'll, it will be three fights in effectively 
three months, four months of fight a month. So, uh, but you know, he knows he's got a, a massive carrot dangling at the end of this fight. So uh, you can't blame him for that. But I, I think, I think that the biggest advantage that uh, Gilbert Burns has got is he's he's an expert in uh, jiu-jitsu and. Uh, Bilal, he's he's uh, you know he's he's very good all round. He's he's fought some good opponents, and uh, unfortunately the Leon Edwards fight didn't test him, didn't go that far. But um, you know he's put a win streak together. You can't ignore a win streak. He, he's up to is he number four or something or number five? He's you know in the top five anyway. Um, and obviously Gilbert Burns is up there as well. So it's it's a it's a very high level matchup two of the elite in that division in the 170 so um, but um, yeah as I mentioned training camp it could be an advantage for Burns I, I think he'll he'll treat it as an advantage he, he seems like a pretty intelligent guy you know he's got his feet on the ground so he's probably doing the right things once he's not fighting but, but Bilal Mohammed, he was really you know itching and uh, sort of promoting himself for a he wanted the he wanted to jump the queue and fight Edwards uh, instead of Covington a few weeks ago just before the uh, the Miami card, but uh, everyone shot that down, including Dana. And uh, I think he was trying a couple of promotional stunts. He had a T-shirt of uh, with Covington's face on it. He was on some some podcast or some show, but he tried to you know tried the non-fighting things to get up there as, as you sometimes have to do but uh, it didn't work but he's got a number one contender so who do you think's gonna gonna you know get the spot for the next uh, for the next sort of uh, fight to fight for the championship do you know what I was I, I always the, the odd couple of times I've seen Bilal fight I always thought he looked undersized even for 170 I thought he looked a bit the, the reach didn't look great I don't know if it was his body type I just, I just didn't think he looked and had the presence but uh, looking at the stats, he um, he's actually a little bit bigger than than Burns, so uh, maybe that's just a trick of the camera. Mm. Um, but yeah, you, you said it spot on there. I mean, this is by far the best guy I think that the Bilal has fought. He's the best, you know. He's got the best run behind him as well. The Bilal has fought Bilal, has, you know, the, the bigger names that he's fought in the past have tend to be on the going downwards in their careers. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if he can can hold himself if he if he if he does go down the grappling and wrestling route um, against somebody so well established in that game. I think it'd be uh, brave and you know the weight cut. I think Brett Okamoto said that they've both got to cut about eighteen pounds because this was only announced last week. Mm. Um, so that's a hell of a cut for both of them. It is. Um, if if I had to put money on a fight that I think has a good chance of being overweight or you know, a, a, um, like a, a purse cut to the other guy. I would say this one has a good chance of missing weight um, from either guy, really. Um, but I think, Joe, I think the the run that Burns has had and the sort of run that he's putting together and the confidence he's got going into this, uh, maybe also a bit underrated with his skills. I think he's going to get the win here. Uh, I think he, he really has the talent to derail Bilal's uh, run you know this is the first maybe not the first time because obviously um, Bilal beat um, Sean Brady of course who was on a great run um, but this Burns is the the real top guy skill wise and in terms of form that he's fought possibly in his old career 
Yeah. So, so I, I, I would go with Burns win, and it's almost airing on the side of caution because I just think he is in a great run, and I think he has enough tools to, to threaten Bellal for sure. Yeah, and you mentioned a good point about weight cuts of you know, fourteen pounds, which is a stone in in British money, or six and a half kilos in the the rest of the world. So, um, under under normal circumstances in the normal world, that is a lot a lot of weight. But in MMA weight cutting, they they normally do ten to fourteen pounds overnight, literally from Thursday to Friday for the weigh-ins. I've even heard. I can't remember which fighter did 24 pounds overnight. Obviously extremely dangerous and extreme weight cutting. But um, I'm just looking at um, uh, the last sort of five or six fights, fighters that um, Burns has fought. And, and you mentioned it, the quality of you know who they fought. And going back to Gunnar Nelson, okay, maybe not the greatest at the welterweight, but Damian Meyer, that was back in 2020. He beat him, Tyron Woodley. He beat him 20, 23 years ago. So Woodley was still there, thereabouts. He had a title fight with Usman. He obviously got TKO there. And then he beat Stephen Thompson. He lost to uh, Hamzat Shmaev. And then he beat uh, Neil Magny and then Jorge Masvidal. So out of the two fighters, he's certainly been sharpened better than uh, um, Bilal. Um but, you know, that's not Bilal's fault. It's just who you put up against. But uh, Gilbert Burns has certainly fought the, the better quality fighters out of the two in the last six or seven fights. Yeah, for sure. And slightly more often as well, I, I would say. Yeah. Um, you know, Bilal hasn't taken out years, don't get me wrong. But it's uh, Burns seems to be a constant in division constantly up for any fight and uh, constantly willing to accept anything okay so decision time Matt put your money where your mouth is uh, yeah I'll, I'll go Gilbert Burns win I, I think he has the tools to derail Bilal for sure and of course you know yeah. he's, he's done it more often against higher opposition like you said yeah um, so I would say for sure that, that, that Burns definitely has more potential and like I said erring on the side of caution uh, I'll go Burns just, just because of the form that he's in uh, the regularity of, him, of his fights and, and the competition that he fought at. And how do you think he's going to do it? Uh, probably a decision. I, I can't see a finish for either. Especially, it, it tends to happen as well in these fights on short notice. Both guys won't go crazy because they don't want to end such a short notice fight on like a knockout loss. So they, they'll both go in with a little bit of caution, I, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I'm going to go for Burns, but I think it, it will be a submission uh, from Burns and the reason why I say that it is a five round even though it's a co-main but it's a five round event which is why I think it's guaranteed it's a number one contenders uh, match so there's five rounds so could that be a um, a problem for Bilal because he's only had three to four weeks to get ready for a five round match uh, whereas Burns he's, you know, if he's kept in shape he should be sharp uh, from the last fight as well um, so I think in the later rounds if it goes that far I think Burns will maybe get stronger Bilal Mohamed will probably get weaker and then I think Burns will submit him just my theory there I think I think the five rounder is a little bit um, weird is that is that confirmed was it yeah yeah and that's the reason that um, it's a number one contender I think Dana said it in his, one of his announcements that 
I think they asked for a five rounder, or but he, he definitely said he's a five rounder. Yeah, that's quite brave, isn't it, to go into a fight on such short notice mm. and agree to yeah agree to a five a five rounder. Um, Shows how desperate they were to get that uh, number one contender spot and be be the next in line after Covington and Edwards. And yeah, for sure. Uh, and they, they they desperately need another fight, obviously, for for this card. Obviously, yeah. it, it would have been very. Uh, no offense to the other, other guys on the card, but it would have been a, a rather weak one mm. if, uh, if they couldn't find another sort of headlining co-main. Yeah. Okay, moving on to uh, Al Jermaine Sterling and Henry Cejudo uh, for the bantamweight division uh, championship. And Henry Cejudo is coming off a two or three year layoff when he beat uh, TJ Dillashaw at strawweight, was it? Or was it? No, it was a bam. Yeah, it was one down, wasn't it? Yeah, because TJ Dillashaw was the bantamweight champion. Then he, he dieted down to strawweight, 115, I think it is. So Cejudo's coming off a two or three year layoff um, and uh, Sterling is, is two title defences in now. So uh, give us your thoughts on that. Yeah, so it's, th- it's three years. It'll, it'll pretty much be three years to the day um, when the spike card comes around. And it's, uh, it, I kind of feel like a couple of months ago when we were reviewing John Jones, it's a very similar situation. Um, because he went off retired he was fully retired it wasn't like John Jones who said you know he definitely would be back we thought Cejudo was gone um, you know and following him on social media he got chubby he had um, he had a kid as well and he was really embracing the whole you know dad thing and he just didn't think that he would return um, so, so obviously the main question is ring rust is it is it a thing is he going to come back the same fighter as he left um I've got to be honest, I'm really surprised that he came out of retirement for, for Sterling. Um, no, no offence to the guy, right? But do I think this is the big blockbuster that I'd imagine Cejudo would come back for? Probably not. Um, that, that's not me ignoring Sterling's win run or the people that he has beaten because, you know, the, the, his death row of, of guys that he's beaten is incredible, really. Um but do I consider him like this superstar who should drag Cejudo out? I, I don't think I do. Um, but obviously something has been said or something has been pitched to, to Henry Cejudo and it's got him out of retirement, out of dad life and back into the cage. So um, the, the, a question is, what about Ring Rust? Is he going to come back the same guy? Um, are you out of retirement for good? Like, is this you making a full comeback? Or is this you coming back for like one fight to show that you can still do it and then head off again into the sunset with, you know, $2 million. We, we don't know. Um, we don't know that yet. And obviously that'll be something to look to, look, to, look to after the fight. Uh, just one thing that we know that we're going to expect is the cringe. So uh, <laughs> the cringe returns for sure. Yeah. No, you make a good point that I remember Henry Sudo when he did retire, he was saying, oh, he's only going to come out for something mega and... And I, I agree. That's why he retired. He yeah. Retired because yeah. He, um, he, he didn't. He didn't see a challenge out there. Yeah. He beat Dominic Cruz, mm. Marlon Moraes, to meet. You know, and then he, he, he said, "Well, there's nobody left, mm. so I'm I'm off. See you later." I just didn't think Sterling would be that the guy. Yeah. So I, I, I thought it'd be like a massive superstar in that division to come along and say, "Right, Sudo, we want you." But this came sort of came out of not out of nowhere, but it was just a bit, yeah. a bit of a surprise. 
It is. Um, but, I, yeah, so the, the points you mentioned, you know, he's been off three years, he's, he's become a family man and so on. So it depends on his motivation. He's, I, I think he's just coming again to, as, a, as a one-off um, because I think his family's increasing and things like that. So he's got other things. He's got a YouTube challenge, a challenge channel. He's got his... Um, his own sort of training camp. John Jones went to train there before his last fight against Cyril's gone. So, um, yeah, I'm edging towards Sterling because of those reasons. But uh, would it surprise me if Cejudo wins? No, he's a winner. He's an Olympic gold medalist. He, you know, he he became the uh, strawweight champion and the bantamweight champion. And uh, so it's going to be interesting, I think. Yeah, for sure. And and the main question is, what are, what kind of condition are you going to come back in? Are you going to be the same kind of guy? I think John Jones sort of deceived a lot of people because maybe now we're looking at Cyril Garner's, well, maybe you weren't that superstar that we thought you were kind of thing. Aljamain Sterling comes into this fight having beaten everybody. He is kind of in that situation that Cejudo is in. Um, he has beaten everybody. Um, I mean, he took the... He took the title in a bit of a, a weird circumstance, didn't he? Obviously, with the, the disqualification, everybody sort of accused him of taking the easy way out. Yeah. But he then beat Petty Yarn properly. He beat Dillashaw, retired Dillashaw, and then every other contender that there has been, he's beaten. So, is, is Ring Russ a thing? Will Cejudo come back in the best condition? Will he come back the same man? If he comes back the same man and he doesn't miss a step, I think he can offer a lot for Aljamain Sterling and maybe that's why the UFC have turned to him because um, obviously at the end of his last run Cejudo he wasn't just a wrestler and he wasn't you know he, he wasn't just doing that he was knocking guys out left right and centre so he was the the whole package I thought anyway it, you know yeah. he had that entertainment value but, you know love him or hate him with the, the massive cringe you know mm. he, he was entertaining and people wanted to see him fight to, to watch him lose essentially um, yeah so if it's it, it's hard to make a prediction if you want the prediction um, yeah if, if, if Cejudo comes back and he is 100% and is looking good as ever I think he'll get the win but we, we don't know that yet so I will say Sterling win as well just because I think not only were you out of the game for three years but you were on social media, you looked, um, Cejudo, that's it, this is, you looked considerably bigger, you did let yourself go, and you did make fun of yourself for letting yourself go, you became a dad. I think that's just a, a whole step further than John Jones, because John Jones stayed training for that whole time that he was out. So I'll go Sterling win. Um, I think it will be probably a decision again. I, I, I feel like I'm boring with the decisions, but I just mm. don't. I, I think... Cejudo will be in shape I think he'll be fit enough and I think he'll have the the stamina to, to last but I just don't see him being knocked out and sent home with his tail between his legs in disgrace so I'll go Sterling and I'll go decision win okay um, I think Sterling is the the more logical or safer option we, we could say but um, Henry Cejudo he's been a, a a winner all his life you know right through college wrestling and then obviously Olympics and he, he must have won world championships 
then he became a mixed martial artist and then in the UFC I remember in his early days he was struggling to make weight at bantamweight or probably straw weight as he was trying to, trying to get down to that level uh, but then he turned it around and then he um, he beat um, you know the uh, current champion at that time and uh, Demetrius Johnson and then he he went on a, a little run he wasn't a, he wasn't a prolific defender of the belt but he, he beat anyone who stepped up and then he you know someone he went to another someone came to his division TJ Dillashaw and he beat him so I don't think he would come back if he didn't think he could win and he he's, he's going to do everything in his power to make sure he can win so training camp training and you know training partners and just the whole infrastructure of preparing for a fight camp so uh Logically, Sterling seems to have probably better credentials. You know, Sahudo layoff, retired, family man, etc., and all that, and other interests, business interests as well. But um, I'm going to go for Sahudo, and I think it's going to be a TKO um, based on shocking that. to shock the world. I, do you know what? I will. I will say again. If if he is back, and you know, after the first round, he looks. Cejudo looks in prime condition. He looks exactly like he did before he left, and he, he looks like he hasn't missed a step. I would agree. I think Cejudo will win. And if there wasn't a massive layoff, if we were talking about this in December 2020, right, where there was no massive layoff for Cejudo, I, I would say Cejudo all day, e- easy win, not easy win, but mm. comfortable win. Yeah. Um, I don't see who's going to beat him kind of thing. I've erred on the side of caution again. Call me boring if you want. Um, just because Aljamain, I think he hasn't been given the props that he deserves for like his great run. He's had a great run. He hasn't lost since 2017. Um, a multitude of different victories from striking to submissions to deci- decisions. So he seems to be um, all, not almost an equal, but he's getting there to where Suhudo was when he retired. So... It's, it is very 50-50 and like I said if if Cejudo comes in that first round and looks looks top notch then I agree with you he should get the win but just erring on the side of caution and uh, yeah no, nothing wrong with that later and, yeah. and see see who uh, who's right okay so we've now previewed uh, the co and the main event and then bits bits about the card as well UFC 288 which is going to be in Newark New Jersey so that's Hometown, I'm not sure it's an advantage, but it's hometown for Aljamain Sterling and obviously his whole camp, uh, Ray Longo and uh, those guys, they're all based there. So uh, that'll probably be good for him. Um, so moving on to any the world of MMA news, what will you got for us, Matt, this month? Well, linking back to what we said at the start of the show about Dana and how he lies or, or stuff he says doesn't exactly come true we've recently had UFC London announced for the 22nd of July um, not a pay-per-view which I think is odd um, I can't remember what press conference it was it might have been after um, Leon Edwards defended the belt um, he said we're, we're definitely coming back to London in July I would prefer a pay-per-view the fight night thing doesn't really do anything for us because we can't put on Edwards um, on a fight night but it is a fight night so I, I expect it to be a Tom Aspinall kind of main event that's probably what it's going to be um, which again is fine but 
he was he was bigging it up Dana White you know oh this is going to be a pay-per-view we need a pay-per-view Edwards can main event there um, so it doesn't look like we're going to get that in him versus Colby in July that's for sure um, I think uh, Covington and Edwards will fight in November when they it's like an annual event now Madison Square Garden I think Covington's fought there once maybe twice in the last couple of years so I, I think that will be the, the Madison Square Garden main event hope so yeah I really hope so that they tend to put on two or three title fights in those MSG cards that'd be cool for sure uh, I think it's it's partly good for UK fans I think because the um, so the average ticket price for UFC 286 at the O2 was £225 and the average for a fight night is about 88 um, in, in the past I've said they, they're still quite expensive and they, they probably are for a UFC fight night at the O2 but I think that goes in you know, it's because it's London, London prices, and all the cheap tickets tend to go very quickly, and then only the expensive ones are left, and that tends to go to the celebrities and stuff like that. Um, there's been a lot of talk on Twitter. I, I've been involved with, you know, at Purely MMA. We've, we've watched discussions go back and forth, and we, we, we find it weird what Dana White's obsession with the O2 is. Um, we know he tends to build, let's say, these relationships with the venues, but... We've got lots of good indoor venues in the UK. So if you if you have to put a, fo- a fight night on, you could really put it somewhere else. You could look at Manchester and, and Birmingham has like two really big international centres. You've got Liverpool as well, which they've done before. So I think it's a bit weird that O2 is now the sort of go-to. I, I'm, guessing he, I'm guessing they have some sort of um, agreement set up, like the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. I'm, I'm guessing they have some sort of cut price deal, I, I'm assuming. Yeah, you, you could be right. Yeah, yeah. There's plenty of other venues, and uh, Edwards is from Birmingham, so that would have made a lot of sense. But um, yeah, but I, I think um, that that's a recent. Uh, that's that's a decent uh, sort of. It may be a decent card, but you're right. It's going to be a a fine night card. Yeah, it's going to be a Tom Aspinall main event, I assume. Mm. And it's it's weird. I, it would be great if we got uh, Covington. Edwards at MSG. The MSG card's always good, but mm. it would be really great to see Edwards get his his sort of hometown fight. You know, he's had his home country fight. Mm. Now it'd be great if he got his 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 literal hometown. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, anything else? Uh, I saw Conor McGregor is back in the USADA drug testing pool. Mm. So looks like we definitely. Well, it looks like we will get that fight between him and uh, Michael Chandler at some point. I'm not sure when that that's going to be because it's um, it's premiering soon. That Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. So I'm not, it's hard because McGregor, you'd think he would main event either Las Vegas or MSG, but you got you got the events stacking up now and the sort of main events being slotted in. So you wonder where he fits in in that because usually it's like International Fight Week or yeah. or the November card. So it's interesting to see where he uh, slots in there. Yeah. I, um, yeah, you're right. It's going to be uh, interesting to see uh, when he when he is sort of ready to fight, shall we say? Because uh, I wonder why the testing, wonder what the um, ferocity of the testing is going to be. They're going to test him you know, every every other day, every week, because he's, he has been out six months a year, and you know he's put on all that weight and started all the rumours about. Juicing up and steroids, so well, it's been two years now, hasn't it? It's been yeah. two years since his last fight. 
since the leg break. Yeah, but um, was he at the pool since then, or, or was he? Yeah, yeah, he was. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's been at the pool for a long time, so that, that's why the whole conversation was about him getting back into it. Mm. And I don't know if you've seen the video of um, Tank versus Garcia at the weekend, the boxing event. Um, Connor, for some for some reason, he was let into uh, Ryan Garcia's um, locker room after right. the fight, mm. and he looked coked up. He looked <laughs> he looked wired, like off his face, um, giving Ryan Garcia like boxing tips and doing shadow. Like, oh, it was <laughs> like you just, you just wonder how many how how often he gets tested and mm. how how strong the testing is because yeah, like I think Joe Rogan the other, the other month. Um, said that Connor was out of the pool for a reason, and you know he did the movies, but he did he did the filming for the movie. Yeah. Well, see, you can you can take steroids in life, you know, as long as you're not fighting. So. I, well, yeah, they're, they're, Hollywood is the uh, hotbed of steroids with all the action heroes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's just you, you wonder what he's been doing and what he continues to do. So I, yeah. I think you need six months. So if he just joined this month. That's a, that that suggests around October yeah, time. So maybe the end maybe of the year. He will get mm. yeah, maybe you will get like a I can't believe he'd be on a co main like in MSG, so I'm guessing he'll be like a main event. Oh like for sure. Event. It'll be main event, yeah. Yeah. A million plus pay per views guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah, probably to end his career. And also he's got a documentary coming out as well, um, next month. On Netflix. On Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm really looking forward to because he did the he did the documentary documentary like five years ago which he did himself mm. um, and that was quite insightful quite insightful to like his life and that's when you know he was active and when he was dedicated to the fight game now I'm not so sure so it would be good to see the change in like his background from there to, to, yeah. to now okay anything else Matt? Uh, nothing stand out it's been a little bit quiet okay that's fine we've got time for a, a fan question so that's good uh, so this one's from Javier in Spain, and um, it's regarding the heavyweight division. So Palavovic beat knocked out Blades, Curtis Blades, last week, um, and he said that he's going to wait for the winner of John Jones versus uh, Stipe. We don't know when they're going to fight. People are saying July, but. You know, that's only, what, three months away, so we would expect announcement soon. So uh, what do you think of the heavyweight division? And are you are you excited about uh, Pavlovich regarding his knockout power and, you know, how many knockouts he's had in a row? Oh, Pavlovich, scary. Scary dude. Like, that unbelievable power and just... The, the guys that he has knocked out over the past year or two is just unbelievable. You know, unbelievable. Um, I don't think we'll get to see that fight between him and John Jones. Um, all the rumours seem to suggest that he's going to have one fight against Miocic, sort of cement his greatest of all time like status by by miles, and then just walk off into the sunset. Mm. Um, it, the only thing I say about uh, Pavlovich is he, his name at the moment, with like a casual audience, isn't there. I think he's starting to get really noticed by the you know the diehard fans for sure yeah I, I don't I don't think you can ignore him now um, no he's by far and away got to be the number one contender and is how long have we, we've been doing this show together for a couple of years and before that we've done various shows together and 
on every show where I discuss heavyweights, I always say we really need some guy to step out from the shadows and really yeah. cement themselves as like a new contender. Yeah. Like, you know, tied to a vast come right. along yeah. recently. Then he went up and down a bit, hot and cold. Yeah. Up and down, wins and losses. But Pavlovich seems to, you know, he got knocked out against Overeem like years ago now. But Yeah. But... Yeah, it's un- unbelievable talent and he's got to be the, the, the heavyweight champ going forward for probably a couple of years you know, for years to come, I don't see anything we'll see of John Jones' fight, which is a bit of a shame. Yeah, but Pavlovich reminds me a bit of uh, the run that um, um, what's his name, Derek, um, the big heavyweight, Derek, uh, Derek Lewis. Lewis. Yeah, Lewis. yeah, yeah, yeah. When he was, uh, he went on a crazy run and he was knocking out people with twenty seconds to go, losing three rounds to nil, and. Uh, yeah, Pavlovich reminds me of that kind of uh, sort of ferocity and just, he'll just go through people. But obviously he's going to get to a level and uh, that will be tested. Also, Frank, um, Francis Ngannou as well, quite similar. Mm. Obviously, Francis did lose lose a couple along the way when it came to wrestling, but he uh, he changed things up. And I, I mean, a fight between Ngannou and Pavlovich is kind of the the dream heavyweight battle I would say in terms of boxing and striking yeah. there's, there's, going to be no, there's going to be no wrestling there um, but yeah we, we've seen we've seen guys come and go I've always said we need, we need a couple of fresh fresh blood and fresh meat in the division because um, you, you had Ruse and Strike come in who looked promising for a while but then lost a couple so yeah Pavlovich seems the real deal and yeah. scary looking scary, forward to that yeah. scary power yeah for sure yeah, yeah. Juggernaut power. Okay, that brings us to the end of this podcast. So this has been the preview of UFC 288, Sterling versus Cejudo uh, from Newark, New Jersey in the United States and uh, sponsored by Hatton James Legal. That's hattonjameslegal.co.uk for all your employment law needs and Overst events for your event management. Uh, that's overstevents.com. And... Uh, so Matt, tell the audience you know what you're doing, where they can contact you. So at purely MMA on Twitter, um, every event we'll be watching live. You know we we struggle through the UK times and watch all the events and like to discuss with all our followers on on Twitter. So give us a follow, and I'm definitely going to look at going to the the UFC London event. If if what I read is correct and the average price is about eighty pounds, that's all right for a UFC event. So I'm going to look at that and. Uh, retweeting from that as well so yeah at purely MMA on Twitter sounds good okay so uh, yeah thank you for for listening and uh, we look forward to the next podcast so good evening good good morning good afternoon wherever you may, may be and thank you for listening to the MMA show